The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome to another edition of Free Kicks with uh, Rick and Adam. I'm Rick. Adam is uh, coming to us live from beautiful Schaumburg, Illinois. I'm actually in the office today, Arlington oh, Heights. I, are, yes. Okay, so we may get some uh, people poking their head in and looking what's going on there. For sure, for sure. Okay, so we have no Premier League to speak of just to discuss this week, but we do have some international matches that we're on. And I look like heck to try to find these games on TV, and I, I couldn't find them. I, I didn't have them on my uh, TV system, and I have not yet paid for the ESPN Plus, which I'm guessing is where they all were. Is that true? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there was quite a few games on ESPN, but you know, there's so many networks that they have, the ESPN News and ESPN U. You kind of had to uh, dig deep to get them. But, yeah, you, for the most part, they're on that ESPN Plus. So they have the contract with uh, the Nations League uh, moving forward. Okay, and that's what we're calling this now, the Nations League? Primarily, yeah. That's all the European games, the European uh, matches that are set up. Um, there's always going to be some other friendly games as well. But primarily in Europe, that's the Nations League games that are taking place. Okay, now the big game that you uh, told us to uh, watch was the England-Spain game. Uh, I saw the scores. I'm, I'm guessing you're not happy with the results of that one. Yeah, not too happy. Uh, 2-1, Spain wins. Uh, all the goals were in the first half. Um, yeah, kind of a kind of a weird game. I, I, I definitely was excited in terms of the the England team in terms of how they played at times. I mean, there was some there was some definitely some good moments. Probably expected probably a little bit more to maybe get something out of the game, but uh, uh, Spain looked good. They they were utilizing some new players. Uh, Marcus Alonso, the Chelsea player, got in who didn't make the World Cup, so they were starting to use some different players as well. They're probably kind of transitioning after losing all those top players like Iniesta and, and right. PK, all those types of players are kind of uh, slowly moving out. And then England still kind of got their, their that same generation that did so well in the World Cup. So a um, little disappointed on the result, but uh, still, still not a bad game. So kind of a big story is the uh, injury. And, and this is the thing about international soccer – is you know the club teams lend out their players and they just kind of cross their fingers and hold their breath don't they yeah i mean that was the thing i mean it was a pretty pretty rough uh rough injury that luke shaw kind of experienced it i kind of watched it a few times um it was kind of one of those wins he was kind of running backwards kind of then twisted and turned and then hit his head into kind of the side of the spanish player um, and he's really had a rough go of it too. He's had a, a lot of serious injuries and it was made it probably tough just because he'd just come back from that really severe uh, broken leg from a year and a half, was really starting to play well. And now he's going to be out obviously again for a little bit. So kind of a tough break for Luke Shaw. Um, Jose Mourinho, his manager, was actually in the in the stands watching the game. So I'm sure he wasn't too happy about everything as well. No, he wasn't. Um, I'm sure that's true. Uh, some of the other scores that I saw that were uh, surprised to me, like Switzerland beat Iceland six to nothing. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise score. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, again, I didn't know too much about the players that the Iceland team had, but uh, Switzerland's not a bad side. I mean, obviously, no, no, Switzerland good one. is good, but Iceland is, you know, qualified <coughs> for the World Cup. Uh, they had that great run in the European Cup last time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe just kind of an off day, but to to give up six goals, yeah, you kind of wonder what's going on there. Uh, but the but the Swiss again, you know, they've got some players that can definitely do some things for sure. Yes, that is absolutely true. Well, let's talk about uh, something that happened uh, this this week in uh, American soccer. Well, actually, I have some audio for that. In this country, we call it soccer, partner. That's right. All American sport, we call it soccer. Um, another retirement this week. Jermaine Jones uh, stepped down. Uh, he uh, will no longer be playing for the national team. He's retiring. And he uh, kind of was an important player in the American uh, development of the game. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing with Jermaine Jones was obviously, you know, that he was born in West Germany uh, to an American father and German mother. And uh, this was kind of the first, one of the first players that um, uh, Jürgen Klinsmann kind of drafted in from from Germany to be able to play. And I know there was a series of other players that had kind of done it previously before, but really kind of set up what Jürgen Klinsmann was really about, trying to bring in some players with some German heritage and uh, try to see if they could impact the team. And, and to be fair, I think, um, you know, if you look at it in terms of his legacy, I would probably say it was a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of how he was as a player. Right. Um, I think he had some good games, maybe some not so good games. Uh, probably wasn't the impact that maybe um, Jurgen Klinsmann expected him to be, but uh, still, a, a, you know, a decent career. I mean, I think most people would say he he made a, a pretty good career. Sixty nine appearances for for his country. Scored a big goal in in the twenty fourteen World Cup against Portugal, which tied it up. So definitely had an impact, but maybe um, maybe not as big as what uh, Jürgen was expecting. Yeah, and the thing about, the thing about Jermaine is he was, uh, he was American, you know, with quotation marks <laughs> because yeah. he, he had a thick German accent um, and he, uh, you know, he was part of that Klinsmann, uh, German, I think Fabian Johnson is another one who plays at uh, Mönchengladbach. Uh, yes, he's another uh, German American um, that is really more German than American. Um, and I think <laughs> I think what uh, Klinsmann was trying to do there is uh, put more of an international stamp on the national team. Try to make it you know more of uh, uh, international sport here in America, and and to give the Europeans uh, to make them maybe respect us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, he, uh, I mean, any of those players that he thought could just jump in right away and maybe accelerate the progression of United States soccer, you know, I think that's what he was looking to try to do. Um, you know, it's one thing to go with the young players, which is what's happening right now, but, uh, you know, that's going to take quite a long time for them to, uh, to be successful. So I think he wanted to move them a little faster. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, a little bit of a mixed bag for, for him in terms of how he progressed as a player and his impact on the team. Okay. 
Uh, well, we have uh, another uh, big tournament coming up, and that is the Champions League. And actually, I'd, I'd like you to explain a couple of things about that. Let's get our foreign tradition uh, audio here. Hang on. And now, explain that foreign tradition, please. You know, the Champions League has not been around that long. How, how long has it been there? That's a good. That's a good question. Probably about, probably about twelve to fifteen years off the top of my head. I think that's probably it. It hasn't been around too too long. Um, things kind of changed, obviously, with the advent of television. Before it used to be the European Cup, where it was just kind of a, you play one game, uh, two legs. And you win or you lose and you go home. And it was just for the champions. And it right. was literally just the champions of the league. So if Liverpool, which had a quite a big you know, uh, series of wins there for a while, if they would win the league, it would just be them in the, in the uh, European Cup as it used to be. I remember watching them as a kid back in the day. So always during, the, during midweek, it would be like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night was always those games. Right, exactly. That, uh, when I lived in Germany, I mean, the European Cup has been going on forever. Yes, and, I mean, yes. I don't, even want, I don't even know how long. So it, it's kind of a, a branching off of that. Um, but now it's not just the champion. Now it is with the top four teams. Yeah, it depends on on the league itself. So every league is it's very similar to you would say the NCAA basketball tournament in the fact that you you get the at large bids. Uh, the strong the stronger the league, kind of like the stronger the conference, the more at larges you get. Um, so I, I would definitely use that comparison. So obviously the English Premier League, they get four because they're primarily one of the top leagues, kind of comparable to the ACC or the Big Ten. Right. And um, you know, and then maybe the Polish league, which is more like uh, I hate to say it, the Ohio Valley Conference <laughs> or whatever it may be. So um, you know, they just get the one team in, and sometimes they actually have to play that play-in game, that qualifying game in. So it is very similar to uh, the NCAA tournament in that respect. So uh, coming up next week uh, will be the beginning of the uh, the tournament. I mean, it's already been going on. There's teams that have been playing in, but now they've got the group stage coming up, right? Right, right. So all the teams had to qualify. So they, they typically, some of them will have qualifying rounds. Um, like, for example, I was talking with my associate there, Mark, who uh, is a big Legia Warsaw fan. Even though they won the Polish league, they had to play a couple of playing games. And unfortunately, they didn't get in. So they didn't get uh, into the uh, into the knockout rounds. They already got knocked out. But, you know, this is what happens. Some of those teams will kind of get through. I think... Um, they're maybe lower level teams, maybe win two or three games to get through and end up uh, qualifying. So like a team like Young Boys, for example, from Switzerland had qualified to get in. And uh, I believe there was um, Victoria Pisson, I believe is the name <laughs> of the... Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's the name of the team. I think they're from the one of the Czech Republic, I believe it is. Right. They had to qualify to get in as well. So uh, have you taken a look at the groups uh, to see uh, what teams you think are going to be heading through? Yeah, there's, there's, there's some interesting matchups for sure. Um, probably in terms of the toughest group, you know, I, I'm probably looking at Group B, which has got Tottenham Hotspur in it, Barcelona, 
PSV, Eindhoven, and Inter Milan. So that's going to be quite yeah, a, that's a tough one. Quite an amazing group. That's going to be an amazing uh, series of games there. I don't think there's going to be an easy game as you go through. And then the other thing that's kind of an attractive matchup is going to be Manchester United versus Juventus. Yes. Uh, so Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be back in Manchester. So that's going to be quite a quite a big game. I think that's scheduled for the 7th of November. So they'll be playing each other. Uh, so Ronaldo goes back to Man United and uh, see how that goes. Yeah, I was looking at a couple of the other ones. Uh, um, Bayern Munich looks like they have a pretty easy group. And, uh, and same with uh, Hoffenheim, which is a, a German team. I, I think that... Uh, I'm looking for this is obviously I'm German biased, but I think the, yeah. the German teams look like they have a good chance of moving through. Uh, to me, Tottenham is the one that's got the the roughest go of it. Yeah, um, no and, question. And I, th- I mean, you know, Barcelona, they're not going to knock out Barcelona, but uh, you know, Inter Milan that's a good team, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you got some good teams in there and and you can certainly say another group that's going to be a tough one is the Liverpool group. They got Liverpool, PSG, Napoli and and Red Star Belgrade. So that's another yes. another tough group. So, you know, and Napoli probably is a little down. I mean, Chelsea, my team stole their manager, so they might be struggling a little bit, but um, True, but they probably you know. have more cigarettes in the stores. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, but um, I'll be that again. Those would be some tough games, you know. PSG obviously is probably going to be one of the favourites to win it, yep. and Liverpool, Liverpool lost in the final last year. So, and Napoli uh, had a good run. So those there's three teams that could potentially uh, uh, go through. So again, uh, it, this is this is the best part of it. I love watching these these games because it really kind of sets apart who's going to go through, and uh, it'll be. I'm really excited to see some of these matchups, especially during the middle of the week, and that's the best part of it. You know, from a soccer junkie like myself, right. not only not only do you have the Premier League on a Saturday, um, you can now watch uh, midweek games of of massive importance. That's true, and we will be following the Champions League throughout uh, the, the year, also here on this podcast. Now, something we've been doing lately is. Uh, quiz we do a quiz every week to learn a little bit more about the premier league teams uh we have previously done uh chelsea and manchester united and last week we did uh what do we do we did watford watford Watford. that's right that's right yes (laughs) this week (laughs) we're gonna go to everton and uh, see if adam can uh, pass the everton quiz there will be five questions you have to get three of them correct in order to pass, um, you get four, you get a B, you get five, that's an A. Okay? All right. But I'll really, we're just asking you to pass because, honestly, it's almost not fair to ask you questions about teams that you don't follow that closely. It would be like asking me to, to uh, answer questions about the Milwaukee Brewers or something, <laughs> you know, which I, I really don't care about. Um, so here we go. All what right. was the original name? of Everton FC. It's a multiple choice. Was it A, Shelby Forest, B, Frothingham FC, C, uh, St. Domingo, or D, St. Alonzo? Wow, this is a tough one. I thought you said this was going to be easy. (laughs) They only had this name for one year, 
1878. And in 1879, they changed their name to Everton. Um, I think I've heard something about St. Domingo, so I'm going to go with St. Domingo. St. Domingo is correct. You got that. Correct. All right. What year did Everton begin playing in Goodison Park? All right. This is their famous stadium they played in. Yeah. Was it A, 1879, B, 1891, C, 1903, or D, 1908? Oh, man. Man, these are tough ones. Um, so I know I know that Everton was one of the founding members of the league, the old English league, so I do know that. I'm going to go with 1908. I'm sorry that's incorrect. It oh. was 1891-92. That was the... Uh, the year that Everton began playing there. So they've been in that they yeah. went for quite a while. Yeah. Just All right. Bit, just a bit before I was born there, yeah. 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 How many times did Everton win the league title in the 20th century? In the in the league title. Was okay. it 3, 5, 7, or 8? Hmm. Now Everton hasn't won in a long time, but in the yeah, 20th, 20th yeah. century they did have some good teams. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Was it seven? Three, five, seven, or eight? I'm gonna go with seven. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. They won eight. Okay. Man. Now you're on the cusp. You are I on am. the cusp. This All is right. by far the toughest one. You said this was gonna be easy. <laughs> Who scored the most goals for Everton in the post-World War II era? Was it A, Lukaku, B, Graham Sharp, C, Roy Vernon, or D, Kevin Sheedy? Oh, wow. Most um, goals in the world. What was the first two again? Lukaku was A, Graham Sharp uh, is B, and Roy Vernon or Kevin Sheedy? I'm going to go with uh, Graham Sharp. Oh, very good. He saves it. Okay. We're down to the final question. Now you have to get this one correct in order to pass. All right. And I saved the easiest one for last. Which American player made 414 appearances for Everton? I'm not multiple ch- no multiple mo- choice? No multiple choice. <laughs> oh, well, I think it's got to be the goalkeeper, Mr. Tim Howard. <laughs> I knew you'd know that one. <laughs> so there you go. You have passed. You're so far. You have passed all four of them. So congratulations. Wow. By the way, people want to tune in to uh, this show. They can, they can hear us at uh, Radio Misfits. We're at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, you can subscribe to us at the Radio Misfits page. There's an RSS feed there. Um, and uh, also, uh, there's a page on the Radio Misfits page, on uh, the Radio Misfits website. So, Adam, what's going on at your place this week? I know you've got a busy, busy week. Yeah, we've got all kinds of things happening. So, actually, this week is kind of more of a prep week in terms of things getting ready for the following week. So, uh, September the 19th, which is a Wednesday, we've got our first 
coaches connection so that's where we invite all of our coaches administrators docs anybody who's uh, affiliated associated with illinois youth soccer they can come in uh, and that's a wednesday morning uh, coffee donuts uh, fat free of course all kinds of different things and um, so we're actually going to have some presenters there we're going to have the united soccer coaches uh, representatives coming in. Actually, uh, Jeff uh, is going to be coming in. He's actually in charge of the the annual coaches convention. So he's going to talk a little bit about that, especially because the coaches convention is coming to Chicago in January. So he's going to give us some information on that. And then we're hopefully keeping our fingers crossed that we're going to have a maybe one of the representatives from the Chicago Red Stars who are in the midst of their playoffs. They're going to be playing. Uh, I think next weekend, actually, in the playoffs. So in the NWSL, they qualified. So we're hoping that one of their coaches will be able to make it in. Just depends if they win or lose. Actually, we probably hope that they he won't be here because that means they won. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> and so, for those of you who uh, don't know, the Red Stars, that's the uh, women's professional team in Chicago. Yeah, so uh, so we got some things with that going on, and uh, and then we'll start another D license, another coaching course the following week, and then we've got games going on. I know in the fall it's always a busy time with our state cup and our president's cup going to be happening in here with 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 those playing games, getting ready for the finals, which will be in uh, middle to late October. But most importantly, there will be donuts. And Always coffee at this one at this first uh, event on Wednesday, right? Absolutely. Okay. Always a donut and a coffee for now, sure. Now that's a promise. That's if a people promise. People show up and there are no donuts. I, I expect uh I expect some sort of a, a problem for you there. <laughs> All right. So uh I obviously you're super busy, but uh, you still have to provide us uh, the TV tips. So let's uh, play the audio. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Okay, we're looking for uh, what game to watch this coming weekend uh, at the Premier League returns, correct? Yeah, Premier League returns, thank goodness. So we've kind of got through our international uh, hiatus here. It really is hard. It really does suck when there are no (laughs) Premier League games on, doesn't it? Well, here's the funny thing. So this weekend, probably the whole weekend I had off, which was really nice. I didn't have to do any courses. I didn't have any – really, there was no Premier League games I to know. watch. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what am I going to do here? I mean, the international <laughs> games are fine, but it's just like, oh, my goodness. Luckily, I found a few college games to watch and go through. But, uh, but yeah, in, in terms of games this week, I, I think the biggest one is going to be – you're going to have to get up early. You're going to have to get the, the, the kettle on. You're going to have to make lots of tea and coffee. 6.30 a.m., Tottenham Hotspur, Liverpool. Should be an absolute Ooh. cracker to get the weekend started right. So uh, that's going to be a good one. Um, at, at I, mean, I believe that's at Tottenham Hotspur. Where they're playing these days, nobody knows. They still haven't gotten into their new stadium. I think that might be at Wembley, actually, wow. still, because um, uh, they, they do have a delay on their uh, on their stadiums. That's been pushed back a little bit. So, so about 100,000 in attendance for this? Yeah, you basically uh, at your high nineties, whatever it is, that should be a cracker of a game. Um, Tottenham obviously off to a good start. Liverpool still unbeaten, top of the league. Uh, hopefully, Tottenham will knock them off. Chelsea wins, and we'll be back on top again. <laughs> and and it, as we mentioned last week, there are still three undefeated teams. Chelsea is one of them. Liverpool is another, and so is Watford. So uh, 
keep watching for those teams to see how many we have left uh, at the end of this weekend. Uh, if you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Or you can check out our day job. I'm an author, publisher, EckhartsPress.com, the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam is the technical director, uh, director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. Uh, executive producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. When Michelle and I were having some issues having babies, oh, I would have to you go sure to- you want to share this? Sure, why not? So, so I would go to fertility clinics, and certain body fluids of mine had to be examined. So those body fluids had to come out of my body somehow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know where so, you're going with this one. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you go to a room yeah. and everybody knows what that room is for. <laughs> you know, there's magazines there. So you do what you're supposed to do, right? Right, exactly. But then like, okay, what is the appropriate amount of time I need to wait in this room? <laughs> because you go in there, it takes you 35 seconds. Tony Lasano podcast and Opie production on the Radio Misfits <laughs> podcast network. The nurse gave me a cup and I looked at her and I said, that's going to take me like six months to fill that up. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) RadioMisfits.com